Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 88 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. And we are so happy to be here today, even if I'm a little nasally, aren't I? I can hear it. Oh, you're fine. I mean, I think I'm getting a cold. Yeah, I think you're probably right. You know why? Of course, because I was on a disgusting airplane, and it's impossible to not get sick when you're on an airplane. Oh, I mean, it had nothing to do with the bacteria-filled swamp that you also visited. (laughs) I'm sure sure those things are not related at all. (laughs) Bacteria-filled swamp. I mean, oh, I'm just taking a wild guess here, but that—that's actually a pretty good call. I was in a legit swamp, which was cool, and I saw a bunch of alligators, and they are 100% just dinosaurs that it's still exist. Did you uh, eat alligator, by the way? Um, I did. Sorry to all of the vegetarians listening. And it was delicious. I know, right? <laughs> it was so good. One of the first things I do is I get me some gator jerky. I am eating me an alligator. Yeah, I was I was surprised at how good that that is. Um. But yeah, New Orleans, what a blast. The open carry where people just can carry booze and drink it all the time is a little shocking because I'm just like, oh, you're just, you're just drinking whiskey at, eight, at 9 a.m. Like, yeah. all right. Not even not even putting that in a paper bag. Huh? We're just going to walk around with that? Fine. You, you just you just do. But I realized it, for once and for all, not that I didn't know, what a just lame nerd I am is that at one point Andrew and I were we were in this bar and we were listening to this live music and it was awesome and I had a drink but we had to leave um we had to excuse ourselves for like 10 minutes okay because it was just before 1 a.m because Uh this bookstore was closing and we really wanted to buy a book and then we went back I mean (laughs) it was probably going to be open the next day I mean you're sure you don't need to buy a 1 a.m book I wanted to buy a 1 a.m. book. What was the book? It's about New Orleans. It's about um, this. It's something that's called Five Days at Memorial when the hospital shut down during Katrina. And they had to like really panic and move all these patients. And I guess they had some really, really elderly and ill patients that weren't going to live long anyway. So there's I, I haven't read it, but I think they administered something to them so that they would just die. Awesome. So that, I mean, come on, that's a 1 a.m. book. That is definitely, it's a I had dark to have book. It. I was like, I can get back into this party atmosphere, but I got to get my book. So Pick it up true your, librarian at heart. Pick it up at your local library. I'm sure we have it in one of our 37 branches. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that we do. But yeah, New Orleans is, is great. Although, albeit I was in a very small area. Sure. And well, kind that's of, all that people visit is a small area. Well, now. venturing outside of it, you are definitely struck with it. It's definitely an impoverished city. Like, it doesn't look great. No, it's like going to Jamaica. It's like, just hang out in the resort areas, and you probably don't want to go into the neighborhoods too often if you can Yeah, which is a bummer. I mean, we are one uh, Lyft driver was saying, like, do not go to the Ninth Ward. Like, it's really sad. It's really dangerous. Like, they've suffered so much. Like, it is not at all better. So don't be, like, people come here, and they're like, I want to see the watermarks on the side of the buildings. And I was like, no, that does not. That oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's going to go over great with the residents. Just see, like, yeah, that's where my grandpa drowned, right over yeah, there. Yeah, so apparently it does not go over well. But, yeah, I saw they had a parade, which is why we went. It's They described it as Mardi Gras and Halloween. If they had a baby, it would be this parade. And it was Sweet. awesome. <laughs> like, I didn't, I've never seen, like, a real parade. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've seen, like, buffalo parades, like, gay pride or whatever, but I've never seen, like, giant floats and marching bands and synchronized dancing and horses and dune buggies and, like, 
50 dead Elvises riding bicycles. Like, so many cool things. Um, Did you get accosted by any second lines while you were there? You just wake up and all of a sudden there's just people going down the street blowing horns and dancing? Oh, yeah, like all the time, and it's awesome. I loved it. You're just, like, round a corner, and you're like... What I really thought was most fascinating was I was, like... Maybe here and in a lot of places, like, quote-unquote, band kids are, like, nerdy. You know, nobody sure. wants to play instruments. But there, you're the coolest cat in the world if you're playing the tuba. <laughs> like, it's the tuba. But they're all, like, so into it. And I really, really liked that. Like, you put a totally different spin on instruments because instruments are awesome. And yeah, I think like, the only reason we tease people is because we're just super jealous that we don't play them. Yeah, it's like you and your trombone, your hard brass instrument. I don't know how it works, but I want you to go ahead and do that. So Yeah, no, it's it's cool. So all in all, cool city, super spooky. Saw that uh, creepy um, plantation house where she hid all the slaves. Oh, yeah, in the where basement. she was hiding people in the, in the attic. Did you get your uh, Nicolas Cage grave photo? And I did not. I knew you'd be disappointed, but that graveyard is really small, and there was like only two tombs that I wanted to see, including his, and it was like 20 bucks to get in. What? And I was like, Pay to get into a cemetery. Well, you do now, because people used to come in all the time, and um, what's her name? I always forget. La Lori, the... Sure, La Lorna. They just make N- a the voodoo queen. No, that voodoo queen. Oh, Madame Laveau. Laveau, that's it. La Laura, I think, is the terrible slave lady. Pardon me, there was these two L names, and I couldn't remember them. But hers kept getting damaged. Like, people were ah. trying to do nice things to it. At one point, they covered it in, like, gold latex, things of that nature. So now they only allow specific tour groups to go in, and you have to pay, and then that money goes to the cemetery, and it's very well kept. Okay. But well, I guess that's I didn't fine. do it. I didn't do it. Well, missed opportunity. Next time you get down there. Next time. I'm not sure there'll be a next time, but I was uh, I was properly spooked. My costume. Did you see my creepy costume? The creepy doll costume? I yeah. Did, you know, I'm gonna have to, I'll have to tweet that as a creeper. Yeah, we got to get our, um, our retweets up because, guys, it was pretty horrifying. I got to tell you. Oh, my costume? Yeah. You're just getting walked yeah. around as a doll. It's like, are you kidding me right I went now? to a party and a lot of drunk people would approach me and they were just like, that's not right. I don't, I don't like that. And I was like, yeah, you're drunk. Yeah. In New, Orleans, New Orleans, uh, a drunk is called a Tuesday. <laughs> Pretty much what that is. <laughs> it actually was. And they're really proud of it. They were like, we only outlawed drinking and driving seven years ago. You used to be mm. able to have open carry in your car. <laughs> I don't know if you should be happy about that, guys. <laughs> so... Whatever. It's, yeah. it's a chill, it's a chill atmosphere. It definitely kept me in a really spooky mood, though. So I'm still reading my horror books. I'm still watching scary movies. And I know you are, too. Oh, it's my, my majority of my time in this month is all spent on watching horror stuff. Right. It's I mean, pretty great. It's really crazy with horror films because... I feel like there there's just so many, so many to pick and choose from. So we're spanning numerous subgenres, styles, cultures, monsters. Um, there's there's just so many different anything that you're interested in. Yeah, you can find in a horror film. You guys would be amazed at all the show ideas I throw out about horror movies that Michelle is just like, no, that is terrible. I don't want to talk about that. I can't remember months. that, but that tracks. Oh, that tracks for sure. But. I mean, directors, I'd say now are finding tons of creative ways to scare viewers. So there's always something a little different happening. Um, But 
with so many horror films are being released every year, I think it's safe to say that some slip through the cracks and remain relatively unknown to the general populace. Yeah, people forget about them. They don't like, you know, they don't pop into their minds. Um, yeah, or they're, they're just disregarded or they're too different to really impact yeah, audiences. They're just not what people are expecting or like sometimes they had a movie before them in a series, but, you know, the movie was terrible. and Everybody just assumes that everything's awful from there on out. That's so. really true. You don't want to continue on. But I would say that these underrated horror movies sometimes produce some of the best scares ever and that they deserve more attention than they're going to get. So Jacob and I have decided today to focus on horror films that never got their moment to shine. No, these are the ones that everybody hears about, maybe, but never actually bothers to watch. And then, I mean, there's because there's a, I'm be the first to say there's a lot of garbage to sift through out oh, there. Oh, yeah. And you don't want to spend all of your time. So it's I like would. like another Conjuring movie. Oh, oh. get out of here with that. The Conjuring was good, though. Yeah, ish. It's good ish. All right, ish works. But again, we just like to say remember, horror is subjective so what might scare us might not scare you um but you know we're going to do our best to try and pick films across a variety of subgenres and things that we think actually you know i gonna make you jump i have not seen this list but i have a feeling that michelle's are going to be a little more highbrow than mine just uh, gee just taking a while i stab can't at even imagine that that's true no, i can't think of it either oh all right let's let let's jump right in sure let's do it okay Okay, the first film that I want to start with is Train to Busan. I love that movie. Right? I knew that you would. Oh, that's one of the, you know me and my South Korean flicks that I like, but then it comes to add zombies in the mix. Oh. That is just an all-around solid zombie movie. It's it's one of the best that's come out in years, guys. It really is, and I never hear people talking about it. So, again, we said zombie horror thriller. It follows a group of terrified passengers fighting their way through a countrywide viral outbreak while trapped on this sort of suspicion-filled, blood-drenched train where everybody's like, do you have it? Should I trust you? And they're on this ride to Busan, which, um, I don't know, it's like a southern resort city that doesn't have zombies yet, if I recall correctly. So they're all trying to head there, or at least, you know, that's what they hope. That's what they're And there's like a father and his kid, and they're, they're really the central characters. But... It's so unique and just purely entertaining. Yeah, we are talking World War Z style zombies here, guys. So they are the quick moving, yeah. like in a horde. I don't know what it is about these Korean actors that they have doing zombies, but boy, oh boy, did these people commit. They are flinging themselves around. These are fully realized characters here. Yeah. Like they're really into it. And it's really, it's totally creepy. And it's a, like a high octane film. There is, it's energy the whole way out. Like it doesn't stop even for like once the movie gets going, which is takes like 10 minutes to start into the premise. It's yeah. just go, go, go from that point. Totally. I mean, you're just stuck on a bullet train full of zombies going to a place that probably has more zombies and you can't stop. Yeah. And if you have like a kid, I mean, I'm not talking like six years old, but maybe like 10 and up. I feel like they can handle this film if they like that kind of genre, because I remember showing it to my nephew a few years ago. And I mean, he just loved it because, again, just super high energy. So much is happening creepy i can't remember over the top gore but there could be and i just end up forgetting about it there's a good amount of gore but it's more of the like they grab somebody and then like a bunch of uh cgi blood starts splattering okay sure and then they're covered in it afterwards not not as bad no it's not as bad as you would think but oh the movie is so great yeah so train to train to busan biggest one of the biggest south korean hits 
Is that right? Yeah, it's a huge hit. They made like $100 million over there, which is really hard to do in Korea. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and they're remaking it. There's a remake, of course, coming out. Oh, no, like an American one? Yeah, but I actually... Train to Busan's perfect. Why have to remake it? Because people just won't read the subtitles. That's it. That's probably what it is. Um, It's got some talent behind it, actually. Um, I think James Wan is working on it, so it actually might might be pretty cool, but we'll see, guys. Keep an eye open for it. Okay. Train to Busan. (laughs) What do you have? All right, so the next one I'm going to go with i'm gonna go with a number three actually a number three a number three that even you kind of look at me cross-eyed when i mention it i am going with the exorcist three in this case what there's See? an first of all there's an exorcist three there's like six at this point oh they all sound terrible they're not they are there's about two out of the last half of them are okay but this one's actually pretty darn good so after the debacle that was Exorcist 2, which everybody knows is terrible. I don't know anything about Exorcist 2. Don't ever watch okay. it. It's <laughs> Done. just disgustingly bad. In 1990, they came out with this third movie based on the William Peter Blady book, Legion. So it's a legit sequel to The Exorcist. And it okay. actually plays like that. So basically, you just watched the first one to the second one. First one to the third one. Um, it brings back De- um, Detective Kinnerman, who was a smaller character in the original Exorcist movie. And Father Dyer gets murdered, who was also a priest in the first movie, in the style of this um, dead serial killer. So then um, Lieutenant Kinderman's going around. He's like, hey, I got to find out what happened to my buddy. And it's played by George C. Scott, which is pretty awesome. Okay. He eventually goes to an asylum. And who does he find but this John Doe who looks and is uh, the body of Father Karras, who, as we all know, died in the first movie. But he's walking around saying he is possessed by a serial killer. Who, um, you know, used to terrify the whole city, like called the Gemini Killer years ago, played by none other than Chucky's Brad Dereef, <laughs> who is a chewing scenery like one would not believe. You love that. This movie, it doesn't even need to. It doesn't even need to be called The Exorcist because I feel like this is one of those ones that would work on its own. Okay. But we it might get, have even done better if it wasn't called well, Exorcist. I think so three. because I think people kind of. Remember two and was like, this is going to be hot garbage. I don't want to watch it. And they yeah. avoided it. And then you go to see it like it's atmospheric. It's extremely well acted. I mean, George C. Scott and Brad Dourif, these are Oscar caliber actors. Interesting. Uh, Jason Miller reprises his role as Father Karras. So we even get a, the direct connection from the first movie to the third one. They throw in a shoehorned but also pretty awesome and violent exorcism scene at the end of this movie. Okay. Um, if, man, if you want to go see a different idea but it's still continuation, <laughs> this is the one to do because, man, I don't even know how to sell it anymore. It's just like you should go check it I out. I mean, I was anticipating whatever underrated horror you brought to be something terrible that I would hate, but this actually sounds interesting. I didn't even get into Fabio and Patrick Ewing and Angel Wings, which happens in this did movie. Did say Fabio? I did say Fabio. Isn't it Fabio? Well, I'm from Buffalo. I got my <laughs> I got my low A's. All right. So we're we're watching Exorcist Three. Check it out. Everybody. Okay. So the next one I want to recommend, and I do apologize because we try very hard to only pick films that are in the library, but for some reason this has not come out on DVD yet. We can't get it as soon as we can, we will. It'll be so here, it's guys. streaming on Netflix, but it's called Hush. Are you familiar with Hush? I heard about it. I didn't watch it yet though. So this is a film from director Mike Flanagan, who did Oculus, and I think he has another horror film that Ooh, made I him like, kind of legit. I like Oculus. That's a good movie. It is pretty good. Hush flips the home invasion formula on its head here, okay? So the big catch in this movie is that our protagonist is deaf. 
meaning that the killer stalking her can slip into her house in the woods unnoticed. Okay. So this little detail really adds so much to the movie, allowing the scares and the absence of sound to build upon this like terrifying mass murderer. So we have author Maddie Young, and she lives a life of utter isolation after losing her hearing as a teenager, and she has retreated from society, and she's living in seclusion and existing in a completely silent world. But one night, okay, this fragile world is shattered when this masked face of a psychotic killer appears in the window. So without, there's like no one else living around her for miles. She has no way to call for help. Um, You know, it really appears that she is at the killer's mercy. But then we got like a, he may have underestimated his prey. But it's a absolutely, it's amazing, horrifying game of cat and mouth. (laughs) Cat and mouth. (laughs) It's okay. It's early. Cat and mouth. (laughs) I was going to say escalates. To a real breathless fever pitch, but I can't. Well, it's obviously it's a, you're already you still have your breath taken away from you. Oh man, it's the New Orleans air. <laughs> I told you, I think I'm getting a cold. It's not okay for me. But anyway, hush. We got a real creep factory, and home invasion films are like the scariest because I mean demons and ghouls are scary, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm like the odds of those yeah. happening are slimmer. But those home invasion ones, you're like, oh wait. That's like some real life stuff. Yeah, that's an actual concern. Like demons, not so much. Like if it happens, it's already a wrap. So there's nothing really to worry yeah, about you're in done. that regard. So but. yeah, so check out Hush on Netflix. All right. Yeah, it's a good choice. I always see that creepy guy's face and I'm always wanting to check out that movie. Totally. So. All right. Next one. Speaking of creepy faces, yeah. I'm going to go with 2006 Bug right now starring Ashley Judd and everybody's creep. Oh, Michael, Michael Shannon. Shannon. Yep. I have not seen that movie. You really haven't? Mm-mm. So I just found out that it's actually based on a play of the same name. A which, play? Yeah, which also starred Michael mm-hmm. Shannon, which is even more horrifying. I can't even imagine seeing him doing this on stage like two feet in front of you. No. So this movie stars my, uh, Ashley Judd, Harry Connick Jr., and uh, Michael Shannon. Uh, she plays like a lonely uh, restaurant like employee, like a lonely waitress living in a motel. One day she meets this drifter played by Michael Shannon who comes into her life and they start up a relationship. And as they are kind of just hanging out, he's like, I was part of a military uh, government experiment involving these little killer bug things that like we're going to use to infiltrate. But now I'm infected by them. Oh, so he's trying to tell her he's like, oh, they're under my skin. They're, it's gonna, they're eating me alive. There's only so many ways that the government's coming to get me. They're all going to you know, kill if, us. If I'm new in this relationship, I might just I might just cut the, the thread here. You might want like, to get out of there? Yeah. It probably would be a wise <laughs> movie the way this movie goes. Um, but it's a movie. It's basically shot in one room. So it's just the two of them kind of going more and more manic and crazy as the night goes. Okay. Starts getting into some pretty awesome body horror as they start. Uh, I also really like one room films like i like films in one location because i feel like you you have to rely on so many other things then oh yeah and it also as you're watching it's one of those movies where you're not sure if this guy is actually crazy or if he's or not. If he's got bugs in him oh, yeah or if he's just kind of just like, perfect michael shannon role yeah. he's like these only bugs are coming all over myself i don't know what to do about it Wow, is that how he sounds? You should have been an actor. What are you doing here in Buffalo? I am trying to get you to um, get to the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> get They'll to be the like, hills. we need a stand-in for Shannon. Get Jacob uh, on the phone. Um, but yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, these are, this is back before people knew who Michael Shannon was, so he kind of came out of nowhere. He's trying to make an impression, and boy, howdy, does he do it in this movie. And Ashley Judd's always nice and reliable. So, and Harry Connick Jr. Well, you know, 
He's in, speaking in New Orleans. People really love him. They do. They do really like him, Good don't they? Good for them. Good <laughs> for them. Okay. That's, that's certainly a thing. All right. We'll, we'll leave it on Harry here. All right. Um, but yeah, go check out Bug, everybody. It's pretty awesome. Okay. The next one I want to talk about is The Awakening. Oh, why does that sound so familiar? Well, we'll find out, I guess. So this is a slow burn. So I'll say, you know, you got to put the time into oh, it. Oh, boy. Um, but it's a supernatural horror. It follows a young woman. So she is dedicated to uncovering frauds um, in supernatural events okay like this that is her thing but the the movie is set in london in 1921 and our main character florence who's played by rebecca hall who you might not know but if you saw a photo okay you know who she is so she's the author of a popular book seeing through ghosts so like i said she's devoted her career to exposing claims of the supernatural as nothing but hoaxes so she's kind of like really we'll say haunted by the recent death of her fiance she's all distraught and she ends up getting approached by this guy who's played by dominic west we love we love dominic to investigate the recent death of a student at an all boys boarding school where this guy teaches so the students at the school are reporting sightings of the young boy's ghost so she decides to take the case to prove that it's not real oh that's never a good thing right you know so initially the mystery surrounding the ghost appears to be nothing more than a schoolboy prank but as she continues to investigate you know she begins to believe that her reliance on science may not be enough to explain the phenomenon. It's a really strong, like, character-driven horror film because it focuses, most of it is delving into the psyche and past of our main character. Mm. You know what I mean? So you spend a lot of time with her as her beliefs are consistently challenged as she's kind of uncovering these things. So we have a nice mixture of some jump scares in there and really tense moments. Um, but yeah, it's enjoyable, and I would say The Awakening is worth your time. All right, cool. Different I thought, kind of horror. I thought you were busting out the uh, the Robert De Niro, Robin Williams movie, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to watch <gasps> Awakenings? That that, that's horrifying in a completely different manner. That is accurate. I love that movie, but you're right. That is horrifying in, yeah. in a totally different kind of sense. Speaking of movies, I will never watch again because they horrify me. I remember I owned that on VHS. Really? I did. Oh my god. Because it's really beautiful though also. For about 45 (laughs) minutes in the middle. (laughs) Then it gets pretty brutal on the the two ends of that. Oh my gosh. Awakening. But this is the awakening. Awakening. Don't get them confused. Don't get them confused. You're going to be tweeting me really angry messages. (laughs) The movie was so weird man. I was like man we're going to sit in this hospital. I don't know about those jump scares but okay. I know you said slow burn but geez Louise. <laughs> took forever. Oh, you dumb. What else we got? All right. So let's get into the melt movie genre, shall we? Melt? Uh, melt movie. That's right. One okay. Of, one of my f- underrated genres of I didn't horror. know it was a thing. Oh, melt movies are a total thing. Okay. Look it up. Um, I'm going to go with 1988's remake of The Blob. Uh, the Blob. I don't know why it's <laughs> it up yet. There's no reason to change the title. I don't know why I accentuated it. <laughs> Your eyes got <laughs> wide. It was like I watched you realize. Yeah, I'm like, well, remake of the Blob. Um, yeah, the Blob. Yeah, the blob okay, yeah. tell me like, about the Blob. Think of a better name. <laughs> so it's a remake of the Steve McQueen classic from the 50s. Uh, you know, if you want to remake it, of course you go Kevin Dillon because that's who I think is the modern day Steve McQueen, and apparently <laughs> Chuck Russell agreed with me. Um, <laughs> so it's the same plot of the Blob. Meteorite strikes. Homeless guy goes and pokes it with a stick, as you do. Gets it stuck on his hand, and then it starts killing people. Now, what is great about this this version of the Blob is 
boy, is it gruesome. Okay. Like, yeah, I always kind of wondered when I watched that original, which I do enjoy, not just because of the song, you know, the little the awesome blob theme. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always wondered, like, how exactly does a bunch of jelly kill people? Like, <laughs> what is going on here? And then I don't think you're ready for this jelly. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. That's I, I'm all about it. We have to get the rights on that. We'll be fine. Um, but this one, man, it gets into the into the nitty gritty of that because basically this blob is just a big old bowl of rolling acid. So anytime it gets somebody, you're not only stuck in there; it's slowly melting you, and it goes into graphic detail showing the people. graphic melting detail. Like yeah, okay. there's parts where people are like you know stuck behind glass and the blob's moving across it, and you could see like like animals, and you see people's bodies like oh, in there, and gross, it's moving, gross, and just like, like it. slowly falling apart. Oh, it is just great. They throw in a government conspiracy on the end of this movie to pad the running time. There's some great (laughs) stop motion effects. This is just Chuck Russell is a very underrated director. He went on to do a bunch of like horror movies and stuff. He did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and stuff, um, stuff of that ilk. Very underrated director. This movie's great. It used to be one of those ones that Fox would play at like three o'clock. Okay, in the you know those films so well. Like you were one of those kids who was just up way past his bedtime oh, watching absolutely. TV. And if if this was like a monster, uh, the Joe Bob Briggs used to play this one all the time. So I seen it a bunch, and I always enjoyed it every single time. Uh, go check it out, everybody. Go get your Melt movie on. Go check out the Blob. <laughs> I really like Melt movie. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna do two real quick, only because this one I don't have a lot to say about. It's called the it's called Terrifier. I always saw like another one I see pictures of, but I never actually watch it. So it's the maniacal clown terrorizing three young women on Halloween night. Um, I just it is not the greatest movie, but the death scenes are really well done. Okay, the story is solid enough, and we have a villain who never speaks, and he's gonna haunt your dreams forever oh so i just want to say like you need to see terrifier just to see one of the best clown villains ever yeah we enjoy clown villains at the box office he is scary jacob i've yeah i've seen it i'm like ooh, i do not need to yes so terrifier is gonna terrify you and then again i'm a terrible person because this is another one that is streaming only it's on amazon we'll get it when we can but hell house llc Hmm. Haven't never even heard, heard of that, of that right? Yeah, never even heard of that. Okay, so it is. It's part found f- footage and it's part fake documentary. So that's kind of their okay. setup here. It is a low budget horror film, Perfect. for sure. But it's it's revolving around a group of friends and they are opening a haunted house. But things take a turn for the worse when a morbid accident mm. takes place during its opening, which causes the death of fifteen tour goers and staff combined. So then the movie ends up recounting the events that led up to this big, you know, death event and like the people behind it. Okay. All right. I'm with you. You got the idea here? So the the documentary style like really helps move it along with it spends a lot of time developing cast so that you really do end up knowing the characters and it really helps add to the fear and the crazy third act okay in the film so yeah they do just like a really good job of like they're showing us the behind the scenes of their own scares and yet that still scares the crap out of us anyway that's pretty great i always yeah. like when low budget movies have like a good premise to them like if you make i mean the think about a paranormal it. activity had like the lowest budget ever 
And those early films were really scary. Yeah, people. And I'd be like, I'm so mad at how simple this is, and yet how well done it is. So Hell House LLC. Ah, I like that. I'm gonna have to go check that out. Yeah, I think that's yeah, and that's gonna be a Halloween winner. It's very rare I get one I never even heard of. So I like that you you busted that out on me. I did it. All right, why don't you throw one more and then we'll close it up. All right. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go with another third then. Another one that everybody thought. Oh, another third. That I think people thought was garbage. Still, still kind of is. And Jacob likes it, so yeah, debatable. Yeah, it's coming around. People are reevaluating it. So that's going to be Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Should it be called Halloween 3? No, it should just be called Season of the Witch. But I, I appreciate heard all the Halloweens were, were terrible. Are you sure about this? So Standing by 3 here, huh? Yeah, because here's the thing. It's not a Michael Myers movie, which is the first thing that throws people off. Okay. It's not. It's about witches, Stonehenge, killer masks that turn kids' heads into bugs and snakes. <laughs> Wait, what? There's also, there's also witches and robots involved in this movie. Yeah, this is all actual plot points that go on in Halloween 3, and it's pretty great. The theme song for the commercials that they use to activate the mask to turn kids' heads mm-hmm. into snakes and bugs will haunt your nightmares because it is oh, no. beyond catchy. It is the okay, silver like shamrock that. theme, and like second you hear it, you're like, oh, no, that is never going away. That is just going to occupy a corner of my brain, and then I want it to be turned into... You know, death too, because I don't want to have to deal with it anymore. Okay. So basic premise is a doctor um, decides after he finds his patient is murdered, and the guy who murdered him sets himself on fire in his car in the parking lot of bummer. the hospital. Super bummer. He's like, I need to find out what's going on. So he decides to follow the trail of this masks that are coming out of the sh- Silver Shamrock factory in small town Pennsylvania. It's very convoluted. I'm with you. Oh, it gets more convoluted. <laughs> so then he gets there and he finds out, oh, it's witches trying to end the world using little parts of Stonehenge to <laughs> to create killer <sighs> spell masks. And we're All using right. androids to spread wow. it. Oh, it is so great. So dumb. But everybody commits so fully to this stupid premise of a movie that it's just, it Ends makes it up so working much fun to for watch. It. Okay. The, I think they really screwed up the way they messed people up is because they named it Halloween 3, so people walked into it like, hey, we're going to go watch a Michael Myers movie. Then they get this weird supernatural horror movie, and they don't know what to do with it. So I feel like that hurt its reputation, but I feel like people are going back to it now and sort of enjoying it for the... just For um, what it is. Yeah, for what it is, the unbridled stupidity, and it's a pretty <laughs> dark movie, too. There's not a lot of happiness in this movie. The jokes come from the fact of how ineptly at times it is made, but... It's definitely worth a watch. You're going to enjoy it. Put it on at a party. People are going to have a good time. Okay, cool. And then curse your name for putting the Silver Shamrock theme in their head. All right. I'm going to trust you, Jacob. It's hard for me to do, but I'm going to do it. All right, good. All right, and you did such a good job. Just keep going. Plug us up now. You know what? Everything that you hear on All Booked Up is going to be available at one of our 37 branches all throughout Erie County. Unless I said it's streaming only, and I'm sorry again. Well, that's why I said it <laughs> will be available Oh, future tense. Wow. So stop on by, tell them, hey, where's our All Booked Up section? And they'll be like, it's right over there. So then they're just going to go grab everything that we talked about and take it home, check it out. Um, if we If we don't have it, uh, just ask them, they'll have it sent to you. Or you can just go ahead and stop by the bookmobile and they'll have it as well. Uh, just visit our website, www.buffalolib.org, to check out where it's going to be. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at All Booked Up Pod. You can come talk to me and Michelle in person. Won't that be fun? Sure, it sounds like a blast. Are you ready for some facts? You know I am. Well, I thought since we talked about underrated unknown films, I would talk about some facts of better known films because that's always more interesting. 
Did you know The Exorcist was actually the first horror film to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? Okay. Yeah, I mean, the horror genre has obviously never gotten much love from the Academy, and I'd say that there's still a bias against it The last one was uh, Get Out, right? That would have been the last horror movie up for Yeah, that's true. So The Exorcist um, earned 10 Oscar nominations in 1974, including a Best Supporting Actress nod for Linda Blair, who was only 15 at the time. Didn't uh, Jason Miller uh, get up for Best a- Best Supporting Actor, too? Pretty sure he did. Something else to think about there. Gee, I don't even know. Yeah. Wow, Jacob. I'm a fountain, everything. fountain of knowledge. Here is something interesting. Psycho is the first American film to feature a toilet. <laughs> really? Yes. It's the first film to show a toilet on screen. Hmm. I mean, that is how repressed Americans were in the 50s here, people. It is also known to be the first film in which we hear a toilet being flushed. These things were not permitted beforehand. Wow. That's weird. That's weird to think about. You know what? I 100% believe that, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, remember when people couldn't lay in the same bed without having one leg on the floor and things like that? So, yeah, toilet flushing. Wait, why could they not lay in bed without a leg on the floor? You had to put one foot on the floor because otherwise it would be too, you know, too, scandalous. Too raunchy. Yeah, that's totally a thing. <laughs> the guy's sitting there is like, this is a terrible way to sleep. It's awful. <laughs> I, I, <would imagine. laughs> I, I just sleep. How do you think I sleep, Karen? <laughs> I got my foot on the ground the whole time. <laughs> oh, God. Also, this is crazy. So Jaws, super famous horror film, he doesn't even appear in a shot in the movie until one hour and 21 minutes into it. Yeah, and it, yeah. That, that's true. I mean, actually. that's really crazy. So the lack of shark, I think, really works to heighten the tension in Jaws. Sure. But the real reason the shark isn't shown in full is because the mechanical shark that was built, it rarely worked during filming. So they just physically couldn't use it. So Spielberg had to create inventive ways like those quince yellow barrels. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? To shoot around it's the a, non-functional movie shark. It's iconic stuff. You know, they're just like, but it really works to build the suspense. But they're like, that's not even what we're trying to do. This piece of garbage. It just shows you that Spielberg's a genius. He's like, yeah, this doesn't work because we didn't think that salt water would affect machinery for some reason. And it did (laughs) so much. So he's like, I got it. Barrels, everybody. (laughs) Barrels, everybody. And then this last one, which I think will affect you because we're talking about the blob. Oh, is supposedly based on a true story. What? Okay. What are you talking about? All right, let me break this down. So on September 27th, or 1950, the Philadelphia Inquirer ran an article with the headline, Flying Saucer Just Dissolves. So the night before, police officers John Collins and Joe Keenan swore that they watched a mysterious object fall from the sky. So rushing towards the landing site, the men stumbled upon a purple jelly-like mass. Awesome. So Collins and Keenan immediately summoned two of their colleagues who arrived just in time to watch the material evaporate without a trace. The FBI was contacted and a press conference was held and the whole thing became like a national laughing stock. So then fast forward to 1957 um, and producer Jack Harris was looking to make a creative feature, but he couldn't come up with a decent premise. So he asked a friend to try and devise one and said, like, all that I know is that I want it to be a monster movie. It's got to be in color instead of black and white. And it can't be like a, a quote, cheapy, creepy, which I like. Okay, It has to have some substance to it. Yeah, um, and I'd really want like a really unique monster. And the guy that he asked remembered the Philly incident 
and like was like, oh, what about this? Like this kind of jelly stuff, blah, blah, blah. And the rest is history. Oh, that's right? pretty great, Good actually. stuff there. I'm uh, horrified to know that there's a blob running around. I could have done without that. It is. Watch out for it. Yeah, this hobo's poking. I don't want, I don't want your head poking out of it at some point. I don't want to see you in there. But, okay, that is it for underrated horror films, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Have a happy Halloween, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.